What's going on, folks? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. VanguardNE.ca. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario, Canada. Joined, as always, by my good friend, the one and only Michael Piagello in Chictawaga, New York. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Norman. Um, it's a new day, and uh, when it comes to uh, teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, it's a new year because their season is over with. And now... You know, a, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Boston Bruins or a few others in the East look at the path to the Stanley Cup final and say, well, it might be a lot easier. The Tampa Bay Lightning have crashed. Now, someone's going to use that headline somewhere, Michael. Lightning crashes. CBJ yes. 7 3 over TBL. And John Cooper's President's Trophy winners are eliminated in four straight games. Is there a cautionary tale in there, Mike? I, I think the Blue Jackets caught lightning in a bottle. We've, we talked about this on the, on the buzzcast the last few days. You know, you look at Tampa Bay, opened that series, 3 nothing in the first period, looked like world beaters, and then they fell asleep and allowed Columbus to gain momentum and gain confidence, and they win the game, first game. And then at that point, the pressure was on Tampa, and they crumbled. And, you know, the regular season and the playoffs are two different things. They were dominant in the regular season, and they did not show up in the playoffs. They didn't get the goaltending that they had in the regular season for Vasilevsky. And a team that's just laden with talent really just didn't show up until it was too late. And there are some people who are talking about John Cooper losing his job after they gave him a contract extension. I don't think that's going to happen. That's like Bab, you know, Babcock losing his job if they if the Leafs lose in the first round. So there's reactionary things out there, but yeah, the playoffs are a different kettle of fish, and they, they just didn't, uh, you know, they didn't have a, a rod and a reel. And a lot of ter- a lot of times, firing the coach because the team didn't do well is a dumb thing to do. It's going to cost the organization a lot of money, and more often than not there isn't a adequate or an upgrade of a replacement lying in wait. So John Cooper is going to have to deal with this all summer long, man, it's going to suck for the lightning. They had such a great regular season and they totally choked, but they're gone now. And even though my bracket has been busted, I couldn't be happier. I like your lightning in a bottle thing there too, Michael. So the Islanders beat the Pittsburgh Penguins three, one, the pens are gone. Let's face it, the Penguins needed another Stanley Cup title like a hole in the head. The Phil Kessel story, the guy, he was a, he was well, a pretty, pretty good Leaf, and he was the cherry on top for the Pens, wins two cups. You, you got your championships, Phil. You got your championships, Sid, Yevgeny, the whole deal. Now get the hell out of the way and let somebody else win it. Well, I mean, Phil Kessel will be freed up for uh, some spring and summer work as the spokesperson for uh, Oscar Meyer. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's a team. I mean, you're going to see Tampa Bay make changes because, you know, they have three UFA defensemen and, you know, they have to sign Braden Point to a big uh, contract. So there are going to be changes. There are going to be changes in Pittsburgh, too. Um, I think I think Kessel may may get traded. I, there's always been rumors about Kessel going to Arizona, where Rick Tockett is, and you know Tockett was sort of the Kessel whisperer when he was in. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he he had he had a lot, he had a way of communicating with the uncommunicatable, I guess. Tockett um, and Kessel. So, that sounds like a podcast. Yeah, watch there you out, go. Watch out, spitting chicklets. <laughs> right. So, um, but you know the the the. This, 
the narrative there is there's yeah. going to be change with those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just as there's going to be changes with the Leafs after the season, but the Leafs are not focused on that. They're focused on game four tonight uh, at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, you, you think? We'll get to them in just one sec, but the Islanders have responded pretty well in the wake of losing JTA. Like, give them, give them credit. They, they run on piss and vinegar, as we were witness to um, on Long Island. And every time the Islanders ever came in the periphery of anything, John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So good on them, and you got to give them credit for that. Well, they have a lot, of, and they have a lot of contracts and players that they have to sign in the offseason, too. I mean, Andres Lee, I think Josh, ba- no, not Josh Bailey, but uh, Brock Nelson is a UFA. So the, the, they they didn't spend a ton of money. They just brought in guys like Phil Pula and and Leo Komarov, and traded for Matt Martin and brought in some character guys. I mean, it's been a good story that the Islanders under Barry Trotz. I mean, Barry Trotz is the MVP. That he brought that team from. 31st overall in goals against to number one. Uh, Leonard, Leonard had a great series against the Penguins and really frustrated them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a situation where, you know, whoever they play, which would be the winner of uh, Carolina, Washington, is going to have a tough out if they're going to beat the out. But I, I, I still think, like, if, if Washington gets by uh, the Canes, uh, they're going to beat the Islanders. I picked Pittsburgh in this series because I'm still not really a believer in the Islanders, but you know I have to give them the respect that they did beat Pittsburgh. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, Ontario. VanguardNE.ca. So we got that other junk out of the way. Now let's get down to the real business of this podcast, talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs Boston Bruins game four from Scotiabank Arena this evening. The Maple Brothers up two games to one in the series coming off, in my opinion, the most exhilarating game of the season for the Maple Leafs, uh, one-upping game one, and I'm hoping that game four will be even better than what we saw the other night, Michael. You can't think Mike Babcock's going to meddle too much with that lineup. Oh, I don't think he's going to touch it at all. Uh, the only thing that from from uh, practice yesterday was – moving Patrick Marlowe uh, on the uh, on the occasional shift to center in place of William Nylander. And obviously Nylander, I didn't think had – he was not particularly noticeable except for one collision in the corner in the third period, which got um, – which basically almost got a standing ovation for, from uh, the Scotiabank Arena crowd. Mm-hmm. And it was just – oh, it was just an oh, by the way. Look, if he chips in, Mike, out. if he chips in, bonus. And he, he will have yeah. his moments in the spotlight. But if he chips in, bonus – Let's make no mistake about Nylander, and we're not going to go on any sort of diatribe or right. we're not going to digress with this guy anymore. He's, he's a complimentary player. He's a helpful player, and that's what the Maple Leafs need him to do is chip in, compliment your teammates, and help the F out. Please. They need you. Yeah. And, and as, as the pairing of Jake Muzzin and Nikita Zaitsev go, so go the fortunes of the Leafs because they were really good in game one. And they won. They were terrible in game in game two. They were minus six combined, and they lost. And then in game three, Muzzin played very well. Zaitsev was more physical than I've seen him in almost any any game that he has been with the Leafs. And they were very effective. And they ate up, a, you know, in the tw- neighborhood of twenty minutes a night. And the Leafs need that second pairing to be able to be 
the uh, complement to Hainsey and Riley. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that means playing Gardner and uh, Gardner and, and Dermot more. And I like Dermot, but he's still young and makes mistakes. And Gardner is clearly not the same defenseman since before the back injury. I think he only played 14 minutes uh, on Monday. And, you know, I wouldn't doubt if the Bruins keep hitting him that eventually we're going to see either Collie Rosen or, or Martin Marinson because I don't know how much his back can take. Martin Marinson looks like a young Nick Cage. He was up in the press box with Nazem Kadri. Mar- Marinson looked like he was tuned out, and Kadri couldn't stop walking around. But he looks like a young Nick Cage. Don't you think? Uh, that's an insult to Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> What's Nick Cage doing now? Is he doing commercials for Becker's? That's that's an he's old. Doing, he's doing bad. He's doing bad B movies. I mean, for an Oscar winner to do bad B movies, it is a. A fall from grace. Yeah, I don't know if he's been. I don't know if he's been, um, you know, exercised from Hollywood or if he's just on his own path. I do recommend OGs, converts, uh, new fans to the podcast, check out Nick Cage in a movie called Mandy. You won't be able to sleep that night, but it, it might be worth it. And if the Leafs uh, blow a wheel tonight, you won't be able to sleep tonight either. So at least it's something to do. Was the theme song the Barry Manilow song of the same name? All right, <laughs> holy! Sh- <laughs> you are showing your age, my brother. We we are we're well, our demographic just, is trending younger. Careful with that, my friend. I, I, I know it. I I'm sure somebody young is. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I, I I look at the data all the time. The Bruins. Not to say that they're on their heels or that they are overly intimidated by the position they are in. It's a tough squad, man. That that. If the Bruins are going to lose the series, they're not going down without a fight, and that's figurative and literally. But they are not going to want to run the same lineup they did in Game 3 out there for Game 4 tonight. Um, that might be a recipe for failure. Well, Marcus Johansson, who was out with uh, an illness in Game 2 and 3, he skated yesterday. Uh, they, they practiced at the Coca-Cola Coliseum. Um, and I know that uh, John Moore, who was a veteran guy that they signed uh, as a free agent last summer, uh, he was skating on the bottom pairing with Grizzlick instead of Stephen Camper. So they, they're, they're, they're getting some of their injured and sick guys back. Backus did not skate. And I don't know if that was a maintenance stand or whatever, but I, I, would, I would think that you know they would keep that veteran guy uh, in the lineup unless they're just concerned too much about the speed disadvantage they're at with the Leafs being the quicker team. Mm-hmm. But just the importance of this game, I, I can't minimize it. To me, this is the series for the Leafs. If they sure. can win, go up 3-1, I, I say they have a, you know, then they have a real good chance of, even if they don't show up in game five in Boston, to wrap up the series in six. If they lose this game, it's seven games. And again, I think the momentum and the series swing back in Boston's favor. You'll ha- you have to think it, it would be a psychological issue if the Leafs can't come out with the same determination tonight as they did in game three. Why not? Why can't you do it? And if they don't, like, w- what is this about sports psychology that has got everybody so confused? Well, I mean, you would, you would think that they would. I mean, I think the, you know, the, only, the only thing you can say is the desperation level 
may not be the same because they won game three and because they, they didn't play badly. They're not coming off a bad game in game two. So I guess motivation would be something, but they have to realize that, you know, this is a best of seven series. And this is a game where, like I said, if you win it, you're, you're putting Boston behind, behind the eight ball and going home facing elimination, which will put more pressure on them. And you can sort of go into into TD Garden on Friday, loosey-goosey, up 3-1. That's a hell of an advantage. But if you're if it's two two, then it's batting down the hatches, and then I think it's you're, you're you know you're it's a whole different series. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling after every Leafs win, loosey goosey. All the headlines that we've come up with today, Mike: lightning crashes, lightning in a bottle, behind the eight ball. And here's my favorite: if Jake Mandy. Muzzin, ha- Mandy, and if Jake Muzzin has a great game, hockey muzz. <laughs> I I used that for one of the podcasts we did when he uh, was acquired by the ki- from the Kings. I thought it was brilliant. No response, but maybe hot, with the hot muzz, like, hot, like the movie Hot Fuzz, Hot Muzz. Mike, you are an absolute genius, my friend. <laughs> Success is intoxicating, and I hope when the Maple Leafs drank it in the other night, they enjoyed it and they want more of it because they can have it. They just have to continue to play the way they did um, to go up in the series. Just a few things before we go. What do the Maple Leafs have to keep doing tonight? that they've been doing in this series and will need to continue to do to be successful? Well, I, I think, you know, from Babcock, I, I, I'd be shocked if he deviates from his plan of matching up Tavares against Bergeron, uh, against the, those number one line against number one line. It's worked for him. You know, the only time that the Bruins had any kind of advantage is what in game two when uh, Cassidy decided he needed to get – Bergeron away from that line. He tried to match him up against uh, Matthews or other lines, and it it, it benefited him. Uh, but but it, on Monday in Game Three, it was you know put Tavares out there and make that line work in their own zone. It takes away their energy from generating offense, and I think that's a good you know a good theory. And, and Babcock said after the game, you know Tavares is a veteran guy. He knows how to play defensively, but I, I still think that the, the key there is you're making Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak work in the defensive zone and worry about that the other line generating offense, and if mm-hmm. you do that, that's half the battle. So I think that matchup is going to be key, and like I said before about Muzzin and Zaitsev, I think they need to play quality minutes. If you have to play Riley and Hainsey, you know, 27, 28, 29 minutes a night, I mean, that's really, you know, at that point, they're going to be exhausted and the, and the Bruins can take advantage. So you need that second unit to be able to play 20 minutes and be effective. What should the Maple Leafs remove from their game flow this evening? I don't know. See, I mean, after game three, I don't know if there's anything that you'd want them to remove. It was mm-hmm. such a good effort. Um, you know, I would say don't take stupid penalties like you did earlier in the series uh, because, you know, Boston's power play is not as good on the road as it is at home, but it's still effective and it would give them the opportunity to change momentum in the game. And what could they add tonight to close the deal on game four and go back to Boston up three games to one? Well, confidence. I mean, if like, like I said, if they could win this game, if they get another great performance out of Freddie Anderson, if, if everybody shows up or most everybody shows up like they did in game three, then they can go into Boston with a lot of confidence and a, a stranglehold on the series. Mm. This is where we need to cue the Allman brothers. I read the scores and we shut her down, Michael. 
So CBJ beats TBL 7-3. Columbus is moving on to the second round. Pittsburgh's done to the Islanders 3-1 over the Penguins. Congratulations to the Islanders and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well done. Four game sweeps of a couple of teams that have, you know, a lot of pedigree and had a lot of expectations on their shoulders. So Winnipeg's back in that series, Michael, with the St. Louis Blues, uh, winning in overtime 2-1. Now that series is tied at two. I I don't think losing uh, to the St. Louis Blues in the first round would sit well in Winnipeg. And I'm glad for Paul Maurice because, you know, I always thought he was a fantastic Leafs coach just here at the wrong time. VGK 5-0 over the San Jose Sharks. Vegas up to their old playoff tricks, up to th- up three games to one on San Jose. Final comments on that. Well, I mean, San Jose and Calgary, which we didn't talk about, they were teams in the West. That I looked at their records and said, wow, impressive. But then I looked at their goaltending and said, there's the Achilles heel. And mm-hmm. it's been the Achilles heel for, for the Sharks because, you know, they can't uh, – Martin Jones and last night Aaron Dell can't stop a puck. And Colorado was up two to one in that series against Calgary. So you could see – equally as many upsets of the top echelon in the Western Conference as you're seeing right now with Tampa and Pittsburgh. OGs, Converse, new fans to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This thing's growing every single day, and it's all because of you. We promise we got you. We're going to continue to provide great content. Keep that YouTube comment area somewhat manageable. Mike, you should see all the comments that I have to moderate. It's unbelievable, but I'm excited about it. And I think everybody's really excited right now because the Stanley Cup playoffs are alive. We got rid of some of the dead weight. We're pushing forward, and I'm hoping the blue and white can win game four tonight over the Boston Bruins and somehow close this deal before coming back for game seven because I don't think my heart could handle it. Michael, have a great day, my friend. We will reconvene soon. Thanks, Norman. The Leafs Combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years' experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca.